Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones. We do it over our favorite meal of the day. The most important meal of the day, so would say your dentist and your parents and your loved ones. Sure. Breakfast, sure. Breakfast. Bitch. It's uh, right. today, season six, episode nine. You guys think that's going to catch on? I think so. <laughs> it's, bre- it's breakfast, bitch. It's breakfast, bitch. <laughs> We're going to work on it. This is one that I've been waiting for for a long, long time. Uh, Battle of the Bastards. So much so, in fact, that I thought perhaps we would bring in somebody else to help us tackle this today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Newkirk from Damage Control Podcasting. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Daniel. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you, Tony. I'm glad to be here. Now, I mean, you, it's only been a you know, what a month, two months since you were on Damage Control podcasting. Something like that. And it's at about this point. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <man. laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, we had to bring you in because you told us that you told me that you're an expert. You're I, like you're ready to go. Oh, absolutely. I know so much about scones and different types of chairs, like especially like. Like the different thrones they used in like England and France, um, I've done a lot of research on oh. this. So um, I, I am ready to go. I'm ready to talk about scones. I'm ready to talk about thrones. Let's do this. Out of curiosity, just how much research are we talking? Oh, I spent like the last two, three weeks just okay. looking up trivia. Cool. Um, like every waking moment, I have been doing <laughs> looking at scones. I've been looking at pastries, baking tips. Um, I mean, I am I am all up in Gordon Ramsay's shit right now. Jeremy, you've got. I mean, I don't want to throw around titles lightly, but I think you've got the the Buzzkill moniker pretty handedly. Buzzkill moniker, humdinger. Either yeah, humdinger. <laughs> um, what do you guys maybe want to just? I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Do you want to maybe? Yeah, just yeah. Let, let so, people know what's gonna be going on. Yeah, there. we're gonna talk about. There's armchairs. Um, there are ball chairs, which I have chairs that have balls at the bottom of them, I'm assuming. Um, and mm. then we got those sweet, sweet recliners. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to Jeremy, the the yeah. person who takes all of our time about about yeah. scones. We're going to talk about... the 50-50 blend here. Uh, Hans, would you like to talk about Game of Thrones today? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk you... about. What? We'd like to talk about Game of Thrones with you. Whoa, Game whoa, whoa. That? We didn't agree to that. You, you never heard of it before. I, 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 some like I don't know, like some show on HBO, right? It's an indie thing. Yeah. It's oh. a board really game. Underground. Yeah. Right underground. Um, have you seen Game of Thrones? Um, like the first season, maybe. Okay. And then like this random episode in season six. I think it's like episode nine or something. We can make that work. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> season six, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards. Do you guys want some plot action for this? Lay it down. I can't. There isn't any. The whole Wikipedia article for Battle of the Bastards is like all plot, and it's like it would take me several hours to disseminate to you. So I can't, I can't give it to you. Now well, there's going to be disseminating here. There I, might just be I, disseminating, I would, inseminating. I am overdressed. <laughs> <laughs> So is this the only episode where we go to two places and that's it? I know there are episodes where we go that to one so place. so specific. Yes. I can't possibly <laughs> say yes or no to that. <laughs> but it is very limited. So the episode opens up. Uh, I forget that we get this whole thing in Marine. Mm-hmm. And then I forget that it's actually kind of kind interesting. Of badass. Um, yeah. Especially with the stuff that has been happening with Danny and crew. 
this is kind of a cool little uh, ending to that. Daniel, as somebody who has seen season one, and then just coincidentally, this episode. I know, it's so crazy. I think probably the first bit might be lost a little bit, but what, what did you think of, of this stuff with the dragons and the boats? Well, I was a little confused why uh, Tyrion <laughs> was with Daenerys. Um, <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> um, uh, That's but fair. The, the dragons were badass. Um, it was really cool seeing them and seeing the pyramid give birth to the two dragons. That was, that was pretty sweet yeah. to see them tear down the walls. Um, I will say, like, the graphics on the dragons themselves looked great, mm. but everything the dragons interacted with looked garbage. <laughs> like, Daenerys jumping on that one dragon, like, it's obviously she's on a green mechanical bowl. Yeah. And then, like, the fire stream at the boat looks so bad. <laughs> looks still look terrible. But it was it was a really sweet scene. I'm, I'm, and a buddy of mine I was watching the episode with told me that's the first time you really get to see the dragons in action. Which that was cool. Like the for being the first time seeing the dragons be badass, mm-hmm. it, they were pretty badass. I think that's certainly true from the point of view of like getting all of them as adults. Yeah, because the two have been kind of out of commission here for a minute. Um, and as I established earlier, it was not hard for them to break out. No, <laughs> yeah. they could have done that a long time ago. Clearly, they could have done that so long ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of looked like they just like nuzzled it like a cat does, yeah. and the wall fell down. <laughs> Bye. But you know they were waiting for the signal. They're like, we gotta, we gotta make this a cool on-camera moment. I guess I understand. Um, but my one problem with this scene: why does sometimes Danny say Dracaris, like the whitest person ever, and then sometimes it's all exotic? She's walking around. She's like, it's her trigger word for this dragon fire. And sometimes she's like Dracaris, and everyone's like, oh my god, that's so exotic. And then they burn. And sometimes she's like Dracaris. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to make a decision on it, really. Yeah, yeah. they need um, they need to do that with uh, we 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 are already have our issues with this, right? The Sansa Sansa, Sansa. debate. Sounds true. They need they need to just be more consistent with some of. But these that things. at least is like problems with various characters' pronunciations. True, but this I know is just one I know character. For a, I know for a fact some of the characters uh, have said it both ways, which mm. is even more infuriating. But. The Cersei oh, so and Cersei, uh, Sansa and Sansa. Yeah, they're not two different people. They're not two different no, people. Oh, they're oh. the same person. Maybe huh. they are. Maybe maybe Sansa is the idiot who keeps making bad decisions, and Sansa is the one that we like. It's the next big plot twist that there's been identical twins this whole time in just different <laughs> scenes, and they just haven't shown it. That's why the one dyed her hair black. It's because she just That's wanted it. to finally look different. That's it. We're gonna get an Olsen twin reveal. Yeah, be beautiful. So in this time period, right when the dragons have just wrecked all these ships, then uh, Yara and Theon arrive in a ship, mind you, and they aren't destroyed. Well, I don't think that she put out an order that's like, all right, any ship. Yeah, with these dragons, (laughs) they've shown they kind of do whatever the fuck they want. After being told to just destroy ships, they're probably going to be like, fuck them all, right? Like that's true. I don't. I mean, I'm as they're not involved. Oh my god. They're not arriving during this battle. They could be. We have no we have no They could be. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, everything seems pretty calm when they show up yeah. and Yara kind of flirts with Daenerys? Question mark? Yeah. I think absolutely. Oh yeah, those were bedroom eyes. Yeah. Those were you, bedroom eyes. You think eyes. so? Mm-hmm. Um Beebs. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought so as well. She definitely said like, "Oh, I I would never make a demand or blah blah." blah, 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 blah maybe. Ooh. <laughs> Do you want to 
See what I don't sow, Your Grace. Would you would you happen would you happen to like either of your tits fucked up? <laughs> Daniel, you really missed that a couple of episodes. If you want to see some real quality content, Yara telling a prostitute that she will fuck her tits off is top tier shit for sure. Um I think that's everything we get from Marine. Um, do you guys like the thing with Theon and Yara? Them kind of being accepted into the fold quite quickly? I mean, it makes sense. I'm fine with it. Yeah. We get another badass arm handshake, which I still need to implement into my daily life. But... Yeah. The forearm grasp. Yeah, that's sweet. <clears throat> and then uh, I thought it was pretty badass, the whole... I know we didn't talk about it specifically, but Grey Worm killing those masters. Oh yeah, the, where he takes that was two. Badass. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Once he's really lucky knife. that like they didn't that they just both stayed put. Yeah. While because <laughs> had just one of them been like you know took an a step back, that wouldn't have worked. And they're the same height, right? I mean, like it literally lined up That's perfectly true. for them. Maybe it wasn't even his intention, and then he's just like, "I bet this would be cool." <laughs> when he got there, hey guys, check out this. <laughs> Hold my grog, hold my grog, hold, hold my grog. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, then we go, we're not even quite done with the non-battle stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm not to say that things are taking time away from the battle. I think that's going to be awesome and everything. But first we start um, with a little bit of Sansa Stark. And here's the thing. Sansa is being quite smart She's doing things right. She's playing close to her chest. But I think that withholding the info of the Knights of the Vale from Jon is like the biggest blemish on her character development right now. And I just don't understand it. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either. Like, Jon's here doing all of this battle prep and all these strategy meetings. And here, Sansa's got this giant ace up her sleeve. Yeah. And she's not saying a damn word about it. Yeah. Like, oh, let's do this giant... Two Towers, um, uh, Gandalf, save the day, epic scene. And she's like, I don't care if anyone else dies. We're just going to make this cool. Right. Now, just for a little bit of context, Sansa, or Sansa, really your pick, um, was married, is technically still married to Ramsay Bolton. Um, She was basically sold to him by uh, Littlefinger, who is the one who's like running the Knights of the Vale at this point. So the reasons she has for not trusting him are pretty great. And I don't think that John would necessarily on, be on board with using the Knights of the Vale, but the fact that she goes and does it anyway basically means that it's not relevant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the whole other thing too is it's it comes off as she's almost just kind of being a stuck up bitch because she's arguing <laughs> With him saying like, oh, well, don't you think that I would have some say or like, or, you know, you shouldn't you be listening to me and all this stuff. My, my input's valuable. And then he kind of even goes like, okay, well, what? And then she doesn't really say anything. (laughs) And she could have, that's when she could have said that. So it almost seems like she's just keeping it. Uh, she's keeping it a secret because she's upset that he wouldn't let her, let her talk at first or something. And so it's, it comes off bad. Sansa Stark being a stuck-up bitch since 2011. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really get that. Um, But I do like the the tension that's going on between um, John, between everyone, because they know, like, hey, what we're about to do is crazy, and we have to do it, but we can't do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is tough. That's a rough position. Have Have you ever been in one? And you're like, well, shit. Okay. I mean, I've I've sent a couple thousand people to their deaths, but never like five thousand people to their deaths. I mean, that that's quite a bit. It's I a big mean, number. Uh, I mean, I guess in real life, I haven't hit five thousand yet. Yeah. Uh, I've killed a lot of people oh, on sure. like like yeah. fantasy and stuff. Oh, a yeah. lot of but video I, game deaths. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I think uh, I think we've. We've probably probably off, you know off screen these these arguments have been had in Game of Thrones before, right? Right, that whole like, you know, they they really know that they they want to do it, they they even questionably have to do it, but they can't do it. Uh, I, I think Cersei and Jamie probably had this conversation for a long time <laughs> until finally <laughs> they proved that you know what they just can do it. <laughs> yeah. So just go for it is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 We, uh, I, I got a question for you guys. You know how, like, um, a number of episodes back, when we're looking at the Tower of Joy thing, and Bran yells at Ned, and Ned kind of hears something? And obviously, Bran's using, he's not really there, but, like, he kind of influenced it a little bit. Yeah. If you could do that, and you could just make one character hear whatever you're yelling at the TV, would you choose to yell at Sansa, slash Sansa, for why she's withholding this information would you choose to yell at uh oh who jamie to stop being a character that we don't want to like or would you yell at rickon to fucking serpentine (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you We finally go onto the battlefield. They've established very clearly, okay, all we got to do is wait for them to come to us. No no, no sudden moves. Sansa even straight up says, hey, John, Rickon's dead. Like, we know he's dead. Don't, don't think you're going to get him out of this alive. And uh, Ramsey plays his little games. Again, I'm not going to yell at John for what he did. It's his little brother. I get it. Um, just, just serpentine. Just a little bit. <laughs> this dude survived in the wilderness for like eight years. You got to imagine he has a little bit more survival ability than running in a straight line. And Bob and Weave seems like to make a lot of sense in that scene. Or, yeah. or look back at the person shooting arrows at you so you can see what's being shot. I mean, he runs like a little bitch. Yeah. that one, I mean, that's not an easy shot either. So, I mean, your odds are pretty good that you're not going to get hit if you just move a little bit. Yeah. Also... And we have established this before. Every character in this show, except Edmure Tully, is a master archer, yeah. apparently. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, this is a crazy shot. And had you just moved a little bit, you probably would have uh, solved it. Also, if you could make that shot at the last minute so convincingly, like Ramsey did, didn't seem like excited to hit him. He's like, yeah, of course I hit him. That's what I meant to do. Um, why not just shoot John? Yeah, I think that's, that's the best question right there. He's right there. Well, now, from what I just kind of gathered from the episode on, on Ramsey's character, um, that doesn't seem like it would be in character for him. Uh, Ramsey wants to humiliate John. He wants to show John up. It's not a matter of just killing him. It's got a yeah. matter of killing who John is to mm-hmm. everybody. So, to me, that's why he didn't shoot John. That's a great point, actually. That's an excellent point. I feel like you have more insight into Ramsey than we do at this point. <laughs> I really connect with him. But and I he will... seems like a good guy. It's unfortunate, Daniel, that <laughs> it seems like you're going back through the show, and we kind of we kind of messed up Ramsey's arc for you. But just to give you a little bit 
of insight into how satisfying the end of this episode is. Would one of you two like to maybe just give a quick rundown on the things we have seen Ramsey do to uh, various people in the show? Flays old women, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cuts penises off people. Um, Feeds a child... Oh uh, no! Is it a child that gets fed? No, it's like a yeah. young woman that gets get, gets fed to hounds, and uh, a child, and a child that gets fed to hounds. Um, let's see, what else does he do? Stabs random people. Yeah, yeah, including yeah. his father. Killing his father kills his stepmother <clears throat> and a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's straight up psycho. Pretty rape, uh, raped, raped and tortured Sansa. Sansa. Mm. He's one of those. Um, so Theon who we see now as Theon, was basically broken into this character called Reek by Ramsay, who he basically, like, cut fingers off and his penis as well, sent his penis to his parents. Rough day. Rough. For everyone involved. UPS, though. I mean... Yeah, he sent it UPS. Okay, so... This is going to be kind of an odd question, but would you recognize it? The penis? Yeah, like, I mean, now... I'm, I'm close with my parents, sure. but if someone <laughs> sent my package to my parents, I don't know if they'd recognize it. I would hope they wouldn't recognize it anyway. That's, yeah. well, That's he, a great point. He does so write think- a lovely letter included with the penis. So <laughs> okay, but like from verification standpoint, you can't be sure. I think is what we're. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what's the chance the king just gets this and be like, "Oh, this is my package from Adam and Eve." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> It's so lifelike. It's (laughs) It's even shriveled and small, just like I ordered it. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Where's the suction cup at? I ordered a suction cup. (laughs) Do you think that they've invented suction cups yet? I don't know the historical nature of that. It can't be too difficult to suction things. I guess they're mostly plastic, so maybe it is. Yeah. Rubber. Rubber would exist. question. Oh, yeah, rubber. I guess you could make one out of Could you make a nice boiled leather suction cup? I guess. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of anything that would suggest suction at that time. <laughs> I'll leave that. Well, here we go. Ooh. Random facts. The first artificial suction cup was created in 3rd century BC. Shit. Out of... Uh, bad blood and internal organs. I was gonna uh, say yeah. out of scrotum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love to make things out of scrotums yeah. back in the day. No, they're really like they're ball maximize. They're ball tight. <laughs> they're ball tight. <laughs> did, so Rick did, and runs. Did Rick and death line. bother you? No, as I've established, it bothered me because it bothered John. But we have not cared about this character. Yeah. They did. They just. And I don't think that they could have set us up to. There's so many Starks that we have emotional investments into. If they would have tried to like tell Rickon's story with Osha out in the wilderness, getting yeah. to the last hearth, like it's too much. It's such a widespread. Yeah. Um, Daniel, as somebody who doesn't probably know the character or anything, did did him dying have an impact at all? Uh, not really until you got John's reaction. Mm. Um, when like. Like he he hit that arrow and then you see the last one shoot through him. Like the entire thing was just incredibly foreshadowed. Like yeah. I knew he was dead as soon as he started running. Yeah. So that wasn't a big surprise. But John's emotional reaction, I got I did get a little bit of an emotional reaction from how John reacted to the whole experience. Yeah. Um. I will say that John is an idiot. 
um, <laughs> and the uh, the bald guy running the archer squad is also an idiot. Uh, both of them just terrible tacticians in this battle. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sir Sir Davos never probably has never fought on land before. He's a yeah, I'm a crabber, son, I'm a smuggler, <laughs> and I make deer out of wood. Those are his skills. Uh, yeah, I think at the, at that point we are, when they're like, "All right, let's just run in there and." <laughs> And get after it. Yeah, I mean, their big battle do? plan was the same one from Ghostbusters. Get them. Yeah, get them. And, and then, like, the archers stand back and watch the entire battle happen. And, and like, Ramsey's archers are just firing indiscriminately into the battle. Mm-hmm. While Snow's archers are just like, oh, look at all those guys get killed. We're going to stand here. <laughs> I did like the little, uh, the little flop there where it's like, uh, okay... You know, we're just we're just gonna kill our own guys. Don't and then you see Rams and he's like, loose, loose, blah 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 blah. You know, where it's like this guy is he knows he has the upper hand, he's being a little bit reckless, um, because he knows he can be, and he's just like, No, we're just we're just throwing everything at them, not worrying about our own guys in the way. Um, it's a very different tactical approach, but also just an emotional approach, which is no surprise. Yeah. Uh, now we get into the battle. Um it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, a couple of people die. Cool. Like what? This has been uh, Thrones and Scones. You can catch <laughs> <laughs> This battle is a brutal, like, masterpiece. Yeah. It's yeah, I'll agree. That was, uh, that was gorgeous. It was, it was really well shot. Um, it did get a little heavy handed in the shaky cam. Mm. Um, mm. And everyone's kind of in the same color, so. Like, I was just looking for pennants flying around, trying to figure out who's dying and where. Yeah. Um, but it, it really emphasized the chaos of those kind of combats. It's something that I certainly haven't really seen. And I know when uh, there's this really great behind-the-scenes thing that you can check out. I think they have it on HBO um, of making this episode. And they get into the fact that they took a lot of uh, inspiration from, like, the Civil War about, like, these stories of bodies just piling up to where you're having to climb over them like they're massive hills. And uh, there's people that are dying from just being suffocated inside of them. Um, It's incredibly brutal. It's really crazy to watch. It's hectic. You can't really keep track of it. Uh, and then even when you start, you know, when, when everything starts to, that ringing starts to stop and we start to understand what's happening and people catch their breath, um, the stuff with the, with the shields in the little semicircle thing, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The horseshoe kind of thing they set up in that situation to block everyone. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I can only imagine and, and, uh, you know, from a standpoint of war these days where I would argue that there's, it's very impersonal like Mm. this battle feels it feels like dirt and blood like you get that exhaustion feeling watching this like i mean i don't care how in good a shape you are to swing a sword around that much cutting through flesh and bone and and blocking and getting shoved to the ground and stumbling like that would be just an intense amount of stress on you hell yeah I liked that there was, it, it started to really quickly um, for me be like, oh, okay. And how do you not do this at some point in something like this where it's John running in and he's, you know, he's, he's ducking, diving, he's cutting people. A, a thousand arrows miss him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, he just like, huh. 
pepper the ground around him. You're like, oh, shit. All right, cool. And he moves on. But then he does have that moment where he is, he, he comes eye to eye with, and I don't even remember who it is, um, Small John Umber or whoever it is, um, the other main player in Ramsey's army. And they have that moment where they look at each other and you're like, okay, these two are now going to fight um, indiscriminately of what's happening around them and everyone's just going to let them do it because they're going to have an epic moment. And then John just gets knocked down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then Tormund ends up, you know, fighting him and everything. But uh, it was like, oh, okay, yep, nope, sorry. We, we, don't, we don't have that kiss in the rain time here. This is real. Things are happening. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. that was really cool. I like Tormund. Yeah. I thought he I thought he was a... He's an enjoyable character to watch fight still. I liked him as a wildling in general, so it's good mm-hmm. to see him wrecking some people. Um, you know, but it's funny you say John falling down because I always feel like John seems kind of just okay at fighting, not the greatest. Like, he gets lucky at, back at the wall when he kills the guy with the hammer, right? Like, at the end, right? he's in theory dead, and then he ends up slamming the hammer in the guy's skull. Um and then now I feel like he gets protected almost in a way that uh, it's kind of unrealistic yeah. in this battle. They're even going to the point of, uh, you know, Tormund, who's this crazy warrior, all these wildlings, their whole thing is like, oh, yeah, we're just reckless. We're going in glory, blah, blah, blah. Tormund gets stabbed in the leg and everyone's like, Tormund, like they, they pull him back. And they're like, no, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I think they probably would just just, uh, just let it happen. But um the the moment where John is like coming up for air and stuff, which by the way was a claustrophobia inducing scene. <laughs> uh, he's climbing out of everyone. <gasps> uh, that like rebirth thing. Uh, very cool. I think I've said before on the show about the meme where it's like half the screen is that Daenerys scene where she's around uh, all the people calling her mother. And then this scene with John and it looks like <laughs> just two sides of the weirdest coin ever. Um, it was a, it was a cool moment. That's neat. And then Sansa gets there, which uh, you know likes to have the whole Vale army with her as well, and that fucker Littlefinger's with her. Mm. No, thank you. Did you guys it, the first time you watched it? Did this surprise you? Did you expect something like this to happen? I don't know if if this is what I thought would happen, but there had to be something. Right. It, something had to happen. I pictured uh, the Lannisters coming. Really? Yeah. I don't think that's what I pictured at all. But uh, <laughs> just saying, picture to going south. Picture John dying again. Good nice boy. Uh, I think for me, I expected the giant to do something more impressive. Mm. Like the entire time, the giant standing there, just looking at all these things that he can step on and kill, <laughs> and <clears throat> they're poking at him. And I mean, he yeah, he does some cool stuff where he picks up and rips the dude in half. But I expected him to pick up a bitch and start hitting other bitches with him. Just yeah. start swinging them like a club. That's true. Uh, the the bitch club <laughs> tactic was not used at all, really. Kind of uh, disappointing. I, I did like how after everything, the veil comes in, which by, such a, you know, veil ex machina. But it was really cool. I'm not going to fault it for that. Like, you expect a level of that. Yeah. It was a cool moment. They come in, clear things out. Ramsey's like, Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's go back inside. I think I'm gonna just, uh, eh, you know, we're just gonna siege them. They can't do anything. Um, they don't. They're not set up for a siege. We're we're good for a few months, and then giant just rips the doors open. Um, 
that thing with the arrow in his hand was a bit much. Mm. Yeah. But uh, he's just like, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll do this right now. Although, again, at this point, you would think that Ramsey's like done with his shit. Ramsey's like, all right, I've just, I gotta win. I gotta take them out. And so the giant's down. He's dying. John comes up to him, and Ramsey shoots the giant in the eye. Would have been a great time to shoot John again. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's going to try to do in the next few seconds. So that was a little bit of a blemish for me as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's probably should have gone to John. Maybe it was intended for John. And Maybe. And he's not as good of a shot as he likes to <laughs> Yeah. The bragging like that thing. random gust of wind going back to the uh, the luck plot armor that John has. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what it is. He's unfazed by arrows. Yeah, yeah. Protected uh, by the Lord of Light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Um, and then they do get their little one-on-one, which was very satisfying. Yeah, that was Not fun. much of a fight, to yeah. be fair. No. For me, I think the entire thing was, during the entire battle, where they're losing volley after volley, mm-hmm. my impact was... Where are the guys with the shields? Mm. Through the entire entire battlefield, you see maybe 10 shields out of that entire army. Everyone else is just using two-handers and pikes. And you finally get to that, that scene. And I think it's like a light bulb clicks on. It's like, oh, hey, this giant board I can use to protect me from arrows. Yeah. And it feels like John has never seen a shield in his life. <laughs> Yeah. And he starts using it to deflect the arrows. I like, think, yeah, I think that this is a, uh, this is one of those things that needs a little bit of build up from the episodes prior. In that most of John's army is just made up of, of of wildlings who have never fought in an actual. They're you know raiding people and everything, and this is wildly out of their uh, out of their realm of concept. Oh, they don't have trees where they're from. They might not. You know, oh, it's very cold. It's very I don't cold. Think trees grow there. in the cold. You know. <laughs> Good point. Or at least, you know, they're brutal. They would at least be using people as shields. Dead yeah, people or something. Dead people. Like, Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you've got plenty of sure. of, of things oh, to throw in there. Just got to be creative, man. Speaking of uh, the, the John and uh, Ramsey one-on-one at the end, what did you think about John challenging Ramsey to the 1v1 prior to the battle? Uh, I liked that. I liked that it was a... Uh, it was a uh, kind of a mirror to the thing we get with Rob when Jamie does it. Yeah. Um, where Rob is very much like, oh, no, you know, I, I know you'd win. And uh, Rob is like, I don't need to prove anything to you. I have you. And now John is saying, like, hey, you kind of have to prove something to the North, and I know that. Yeah. And he, he forces Ramsey to kind of shut him down. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was awesome, yeah. Uh, yeah, John beats the shit out of Ramsey. Doesn't kill him. Doesn't kill him. Leaves him... Uh, do you think he left him for Sansa to kill or just like left him because he knew that it wasn't done, that she had business with him? I think she, I, I think he wants Sansa to have the revenge. I think he feels yeah. like I feel like like he feels this is this is her her kill, not his. That's fair. For yeah. me, I kind of felt like through all of my experience with Game of Thrones, uh, Jon Snow's kind of felt like this Captain America type character, this mm. this goody two shoes, moral compass north kind of character. And here, what I saw was him not willing to kill. And then it's someone else can take this up because mm. he is beaten, he is down, I don't need to kill him in cold blood. And then Sansa st- steps up and, and takes care of it. 
Mm. And I mean, John's got a lot of got a lot of momentum uh, to do to, to kill uh, Ramsey, and we've seen him kill in the battle. Um, but it felt like those are two different kind of attitudes from John. Yeah. When you do go through, and if you complete your walkthrough, just ignore the scene where he hangs a nine-year-old. Um, oh. Yeah, I would ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uncharacteristic, but beyond that, yes. Yeah, I think, yeah. You're, I think and, you're very right. And where he beheads a guy who's pleading for his life and agreeing to the agreeing terms to originally the terms. set. But no, not a big deal. Not a big, not deal. A big deal. But to be fair, I mean, those things are both like, he's kind of honor-bound to do them. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not I, faulting John's he's not, character for that he's, at all. Yeah, he's not evil or anything by any means. In in either of those moments, it was it was tough decisions, and they were probably they fit his character still. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's a little more like Bucky Cap than Steve. Yeah, Captain. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's had a dark past. He was asleep for a little while. It's not important. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do like at the end. Uh, again, going back to the Ramsey and John uh, ending, the one on one at the end. Uh, I like where Ramsey, right before he he basically just goes, uh, kind of referring to your original offer. I've I've reconsidered. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic line. I yeah. I I loved that line. It's such a um, Ramsey quickly became someone that we just love to hate very very much. Um, and there was I don't think even to this day there was a more satisfying end. For me, there was nothing I loved more than watching him die from like that point of like a vengeance fulfilled thing. Because Ramsey's hurt characters that I liked, and he's made me feel bad for characters that I don't. Um, and I think that's again really powerful storytelling. Ewan um, Rowan, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. It has all the wrong vowels, but uh, the actor does a great job. Yeah, um, it's a cool character. Do you guys think that uh, he is more hated than Joffrey? Yeah, I would Ooh. say. I I mean, it's it's got to be toe to toe, if yeah. not. A I think bit he more. seems so much more. Joffrey is cruel, but he's dumb. Like Ramsay, Ramsay comes off much more cynical and creative, but just as evil, right? I mean, like they both are. I mean, Joffrey and the whole uh, Ross thing, where she, the whole uh, his obsession with putting bolts into her and things like that, like that was fucked up. Um, yeah. Which would be borderline Ramsey's kind of same sort of like torture thing, but Ramsey does it over and over and over again. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and also you know Joffrey's gone, so I mean we've kind of lost a little bit of that evil already. So he doesn't have that where Ramsey's around much longer in the show, and we see him do it over and over again. Yeah, so, yeah, and I would it, argue Ramsey even does worse things than we yes. saw Joffrey do with having the mother and baby eaten by dogs and shit speaking of eaten by dogs <laughs> what did you think about sansa's little uh, revenge super satisfying how did she get how did she set that up it's a fantastic question is my question how did she because obviously those dogs would have attacked her instantly well i'm she... assuming the cages were closed okay and then she put them Someone put him in. I assume she didn't ever go in. Yeah. But it does beg the question. If the, if these dogs are starved, why aren't they running out of the cages when they're opened? Why are they waiting for Ramsey to wake up? Yeah. Before and they who, come out? who opened them? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe does, they're on a string or a lever. Yeah, a lever. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? But it was it was good. It, it, it was kind of... Uh, I love the whole, like yelling to heal like he thinks he can still control this savage kind of thing and then that that moment where he gets that this is this is it 
And I just, oh, it's so good. And I think, like, I think, you know, looking at it, you're like, okay, he's going to, like, they're going to go for the throat or something. You might get a fraction of a second frame, and then it's just going to cut to him screaming. But that dog is on his face for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we get, I think, I think it works so well, too, because we get both of, we kind of get both satisfactory endings in one where we get John just punching the shit out of him to the point mm. of where you th- almost think like that could be his death scene mm. and then he survives and we get the second like <laughs> basically death scene so you get you get you get both ways so I think it works well because of that I feel like if you would have only got one or the other it wouldn't have worked nearly as well yeah this is it's one of those moments where I'm like all right draw it out make it unrealistic I want. I want that little dirty revenge. Yeah, yeah. cool. We'll say one thing for me was that really pulled me out of that scene mm. was you've got the dog that gets up to his face and starts licking him. And then the moment the dog goes to bite, like the bite's awesome. The bite makes me squirm. Yeah. But what pulls me out is, again, the CG is terrible there. Mm. You can see this like almost like early 2000s style CG gloss over the dog's face. And it's like, okay, this is a sci-fi special now. <laughs> and it Wait. just, it, that really pulled me out of the scene. Again, they've got the budget. Just get a stand-in who you don't really you care don't about. You don't really care about. And let the dogs eat him. And have, a, have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't want these kind of dangers, they wouldn't be stuntmen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Speaking of budget, I want to run you through... Um, just some numbers from this episode, if you'll permit it. Please. Uh, so, Battle of the Bastards. This episode took 25 days to shoot. They're typically doing an episode in, like, less than two weeks from a standpoint of everything. And this is, again, we do get the stuff in Marine that I forget about. But for the most part, everything else is on one location. Uh, it took 600 crew members <laughs> to film this episode. 500 extras. 70 actual horses, in addition to ones that were then uh, CG'd in, which sounds like, from from that uh, previous thing I was talking about, a nightmare to work with these horses. Because, like, apparently they're never allowed to touch. Like, these, if these horses touch, you're in a lawsuit immediately. So they have to be super careful with them. Um, took 25 stuntmen, four camera crews, and cost over $10 million to make. Wow. <laughs> um, nice. Would you call it worth it? Uh, I I think I would. Is is I guess the question is, is this? I know, and I know we're uh, some of us are working with a li- a limited uh, bank here. But is this the best episode of Game of Thrones? So critically, far? the answer is yes. Um, this is the so this episode alone won seven Emmys that year. Wow! The Game of Thrones won twelve. This episode won seven. Uh, which is the most that any single episode of any show has ever won. Um, and uh, whether or not you use the site or, or have any sort of validity to it, uh, it has 98% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Impressive. <laughs> Sticking in the nice red zone, which is appropriate. Um, I thought it was an awesome episode. Yeah, I thought. liked it so much from the fact that they didn't just have to stick around and tell the one battle. They did do all this stuff that I kind of forget is in the episode, but none of it felt like filler to me. I mean, there were filler moments, but none of the actual plots felt like they were just there to fill an hour. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's one of the most impressive episodes in the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just the battle alone is, you can see how, 
how that would be such a, a high production for them from a standpoint of cost. There's just so much going on. Camera work and then just the number of soldiers. It, it, it's just, I don't know. I think it's this season, we we haven't got to our season review, which obviously we'll do soon, but uh, this season feels like Game of Thrones in stride to me, right? I feel like they mm. get what they're good at. And I, I don't disagree that some of the CG still has some issues to work through, but I think overall, I think things are getting much better. It is one of those things where um, it's uniquely Game of Thrones. Like this battle is brutal and it's got these fantastical elements to it, but it gets compared a lot to this battle and the one that they're filming for the new season. They always compare it to like Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings where they're like, mm-hmm. compared to that, it took this, like, you know, it broke this record from this or blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's look. It's taking longer to film. Whatever. That that's the big battle that people like to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But had you tried to do a battle like this in Lord of the Rings in this sort of tone? I mean, obviously it doesn't fit the movies. But even going for this new like Amazon series, whatever tone that takes, I feel like this is so uniquely this dark world of Game of Thrones. Like this is what a battle would look like specifically in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, I agree. I think the the overall tone is very reminiscent of the like you see the different political like dramas that you see earlier in some of the seasons as well as just the true brutalness of all the fighting Mm -hmm. like there's like the the giant ripping the guy in half um the the red-haired barbarian jumping into the shield wall and ripping the shields away like some of those things are just so so like you said uniquely game of thrones it's just it really harks back to everything that game of thrones is Mm -hmm. and it's in every fiber of the battle so daniel when we were on uh by the way daniel as we as we established uh, briefly at the onset of the podcast does a little thing called damage control podcasting absolutely yes and you were kind enough to have me on a fair bit of time ago (laughs) (laughs) and um we were talking about about fantasy and things like that and you had said Hold on. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no worries. Yes. It's been a while. It's I been could... a while. Fuck, I had a great, I had a fantastic point. It was going to blow everyone's mind uh, away. No one would have been the same afterwards, for sure. Fair enough. What I think is so funny, too, why you think about that, I'll just Please. make a quick, uh, definitely something that's not going to blow any minds. <laughs> uh, Daniel, I think it's so funny that you keep bringing up the CG uh, as as things that are pulling you out of this episode. Because when I was watching this episode, I was thinking, man, they really improved their CG. <laughs> <laughs> it's been worse. It has so yeah, been it's worse. gonna you're gonna you're gonna have some issues with some of these earlier seasons. <laughs> I mean, I've I've suffered through some pretty bad CGs. I mean, I watched all of Spartacus. So, I mean, the graphics in Game of Thrones is nothing compared to Star's Spartacus. So, it's just little things that catch my attention. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 we, we, we tend to point them out uh, frequently lot. as well. So. <laughs> By we, we mean Hans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm back on. I have somewhat regained my uh, consciousness here. Um, you had asked if there is one episode of Game of Thrones to someone who's not in the show what like you'd be like hey watch this episode if you're trying to get into game of thrones and i said it's really hard because everything is so intertwined in a in a story and everything i think this is certainly one of the most epic episodes and it it is helped immensely with context for the characters and their motivations but what did you think having not seen anything basically that pertains to this episode in the last five seasons did you feel incredibly out of place or that you could still enjoy it and get a feel for it no i actually really enjoyed it um, 
I mean, I feel like you need to see a few of season one episodes just so you know who these characters are. Yeah. Um, but I felt like if I didn't have Cody guiding me through through the episode, I would still be able to enjoy it. I mean, you get everything that is Game of Thrones in here. Mm-hmm. And, and the first bit, you get to see Daenerys and the dragons, and you get to see her development, and you get to see like the political subterfuge with Tyrion uh, a little bit earlier on when he's talking about um, like, oh, we're we're not making we're not surrendering you're surrendering and and you get to see some of that early on and then you get to see like the brutal nature that is represented in game of thrones and then you also get just enough mysticism that you go okay this isn't just vikings this is a new this is this is fantasy so you get to see the dragons you get to see the giant um you get that that quick scene with the red witch Mm -hmm. um so i think it's i think it's a fantastic um uh, a fantastic episode if it wasn't so late in the seasons it would be a great introductory episode to someone who's never seen game of thrones here watch this yeah now go back six seasons and start from the beginning yeah. <laughs> yeah. i do think that like especially the ramsey arc in particular is so cool to have that build for you and to have this moment where you don't know what's going to happen and what's not so you couldn't tell someone to start with this right but like now that you have somewhat committed to going back through and seeing the episodes. Does this make you knowing that this is pretty late in the game, that this is from what we're saying and what, you know, critically are saying, this is kind of like top tier stuff that you're going to get. Does that make you like more or less likely to continue watching? Uh, uh, more definitely. Yeah. And I actually, um, after I watched this episode, went back to my normal continuity mm-hmm. um, watch through and I got a little bit of payoff from it. Oh. So I was at um, the Broken Things episode in season one, mm-hmm. um, which is the one where uh, like Tyrion gets abducted by um, Lady Stark at oh, the very, okay. very beginning. And um, so I started with season five or episode five, season one. And what's interesting is it starts with Bronn with his tutor talking and Ramsey's in that scene shooting arrows at a target. It's Ramsey's character, it's Ramsey's actor, and he's just there as a filler in a background. And I'm like, I know that guy. And he's doing, and it shows like a cluster of his target, and all of the arrows are right there in the target in that episode. I've never noticed that. Yeah, if you go back and rewatch uh, season one, episode five, he's there in that first scene, and you get to see him in in, uh, Winterfell. Well, shit. And we are sure that it's the same character because they have changed actors before. Uh, I he, they never say his name. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's the same actor. That's so cool. And he talks about it. And yeah, he's lobbing arrows at a target. <laughs> and right next to him is Tommen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah that kid. That Can kid's get... a freaking chameleon. Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> next time, I think we have to get a guest on the show who does not. Pay more attention than we do. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we keep getting showed up. All these insightful guests that we get. Uh, well, if they if they want some more insight, as I said, damage control podcasting. Daniel, give your give your give your elevator pitch to me. Oh, absolutely. So, damage control podcasting. We deal with the genre tropes and ideas of filmmaking in both cinema and um, television. 
Um, and we like to tote ourselves as professionally unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we aim for um, that nice, relaxed feeling. You're not going to end up with a whole bunch of weird cinephile like terms you're gonna get some down-to-earth real layman's talk about movies television what we like what we don't like um we do dicks dicks a lot of dicks dicks. we like the dick here too a lot of rewinding a lot of of penises a lot of (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so damage control watching we uh shoot an episode every week um you can find this on soundcloud and youtube at damage control podcasting all one word um you can also find us on twitter uh at damn control and then you can email us at damage control podcasting at gmail.com we're still working on getting anyone to email us anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got then, exactly one question emailed to us so far. Hey, we're going to get it. We're going to get, get it. Over. You guys only podcast once a week. <laughs> Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they have some sanity at this point. <laughs> Uh, well, Daniel, you did you did so much work preparing for this episode. I want to pay off something that you actually worked towards. Uh, I have to even look me. here. Me, Jeremy me, me with my... has a scone today. Would you like to tell us about it? Yeah, so it's peanut butter. Um, that should sound kind of familiar to you, given yesterday's scone. But uh, Did Hans just mail you a peanut butter scone? He did. <laughs> should have. Did yeah, he send was, it UPS? Mine was peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> oh, that's right. Totally different. <laughs> Um, so this was really good, but I, um, I, ha- I've, I need something. I think putting jelly on it definitely made it taste better. So I would totally do that mm. because it was, it was a bit gummy for me. A gummy scone. Gummy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you find any gummy issues, Hans? No. Jeremy, where was this scone come from? So this is from, uh, a coffee hub in Beaver Creek called yeah. Coffee Hub. Literally. Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek. I love that name. Beaver Creek, Ohio, which is uh, kind of like a, what are, what are they called? It's just outside of Dayton, so I don't know if those things are called, like a community outside of Dayton. It's start of Dayton, but it's a... Suburb? Thank you. I couldn't think okay. of it. I almost said subsidy, and I'm like, that's not what it is. <laughs> it's a Dayton subsidy. Dayton subsidy. <laughs> they pay uh, real well. Yeah. <laughs> no, it. I mean, I like pe- I like peanut butter. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it was a bad scone. It just, uh, it just wasn't. It was more hyped, I think, than what I what I appreciate. All right, I I have resisted the urge to cut you off because we have company here. But Jeremy, Jesus Christ, yeah. man! But so, but the scone, if thronesandscones.com, if you in, want to find out more information, we'll be back tomorrow. Was like an obtuse uh, triangle. Are you down with GOT? <laughs> yeah, you know me. Yeah, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, are you a scone person? Uh, I do like a, an occasional scone, yes. Yeah, you do. I should have prepared some for you. I'm sorry. Oh, the, but um, give give us the run. If you were gonna like create a scone, or you were gonna walk into some place and they had your perfect scone, tell me about it. The perfect scone. Um, I think I gotta go with like a classic, like chocolate chip, mm. or like a white chocolate chip with macadamia, kind of like a macadamia cookie, but instead in scone form, and with like a little bit of that. Uh, like glazed donut glaze on top. Like oh, yeah. I like those sweet decadent scones. Like they should be desserts. Yeah. Or like no. a blueberry, like a blueberry one. Has like, nothing to do with it. like a blue. <laughs> I feel like you're saying like you wish you had a blueberry one. <laughs> it's maybe been three weeks since we've had a blueberry scone, and I almost don't know what to do. I I feel lost without my blueberry scone. We set the rules to be we have to have a different scone every day. But from a flavor perspective, doing 
80 different scones is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, it's just got to be from a different place. Mm-hmm. And um, I think at least 30 scones have been blueberry at this point. Oh, wow. Because if a place makes a scone, they make a blueberry They make a scone. blueberry. They do. Yeah. Now, Hans, just because I like to bring this up at every turn so that the internet can properly mock you for it, would you care to sure. tell Daniel your thoughts about chocolate chips and things? So... Yeah, so I'm actually I'm fine with like chocolate chip, cho- chocolate chip cookies. Actually, happen to be my favorite cookie, um, but I love. But the only way that I'll eat them is if the chocolate chips are removed, <laughs> because chocolate is absolutely disgusting. Hans's favorite. Oh. Hans does not like sugar cookies. His favorite cookies are chocolate chip cookies that you remove the chocolate chips from. Yeah, aren't those sugar cookies? No, they're very. Aren't different. those the same thing? That's what no. I thought. No, the chocolate chip cookie batter is a little less sweet given that the chocolate is anticipated really so know. you make chocolate chip cookies and then just don't put the yeah chocolate exactly chips in. yeah that's that's okay. that is 100 correct <laughs> okay I, all right um i will agree that i don't like sugar cookies but that seems like an odd an odd idea i'm going to try that no, you're not. Right before I throw in the, co- the chocolate chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get the batter. Like, take a spoonful of the batter and like put it in the microwave and just you're like that counts. That's I'll right. Make, I, next I, time I make chocolate chips, I'll make one without chocolate chips in it. <laughs> right. Just, just, just to give a little, uh, a little advertisement, just to get everyone a little hyped, uh, who know that I'm not a big fan of, of chocolate chips. I will be officially reviewing <laughs> a peanut butter chocolate chip scone next week. Oh, what? Shit. Get ready. Ooh. Get ready. Get hyped. What will what will this be? Season, episode one. Yeah. Season kicking seven. A, so kicking off the season right. What if you throw up and never want to do it again? I don't know. Just you'll have to listen tune to in. find out. Yeah. I guess I can't. Yeah. Tune in. See tune that. in. Find again, out. I'm really disappointed that these peanut butter banana ones didn't get made. Ah, they're I think gonna get. That made. was your strong one. They're gonna get made. Like I mean, an Elvis scone. Like, that can't be bad. Put a little bacon on top, even? Mm, Ooh. Bacon, now we're talking. Why not? Has anyone done a bacon scone? Yeah, yeah. I had a bacon cheddar. Yeah. It was delicious. I still haven't done a savory one, because they look gross. All of Jeremy's pictures make me sad. <laughs> Mostly about the savory ones, excuse me, but just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I would Sorry, agree. Sorry, bud. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you would yeah. Every time I'm on Instagram and I see my picture, I'm like, man, that's depressing. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those dudes. <laughs> that's all right. One of the Instagram posts I had recently was, and again, it was one where I had taken a picture, luckily, uh, of the uh, of the name of the scone just so I wouldn't oh. forget. And then I In forgot to take a picture of the scone <laughs> and I posted it. That sucker was weak. I got like one like on Instagram. <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> my other I think, account. Hey, I think I think Jenna liked it too. Yep, yep, Jenna liked it. You have to give it to. So I saw her uh, I saw her walk by a little bit earlier. I was going to give a quick J girl shout out. Uh, cuz I'm not sure we mentioned her enough in the no, 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 couple no. episodes no, no, back. No. I know. Usually yeah, she uh she's not happy about that, <laughs> but she she played it off well. Uh, she she said, oh, she was like, oh, you guys have to stop talking about me in the episodes so much or whatever. And all I uh, all I replied with was, uh, well, maybe you should stop talking in our episodes so much because <laughs> she had she had that one uh, impromptu, yeah, that one uh, moment. guest guest appearance. There is a commotion going on outside uh, in my hallway. Yeah. Have I told you guys what happened um, in my with my neighbors like a couple months ago? Maybe. Is that where they so, took a shit on your front door? Yeah. So I found poop. Wait, I found poop 
in the washing machine, <laughs> thankfully, before I put my clothes in it. Uh, but I did touch it before Ooh. I realized what it was, which is unfortunate. Um, from everything I could tell, human poop. Oh. From what, and then, and what, what, what uh, Catelyn Stark-like detective work did you do to <laughs> discover that this was human poop? It's one of those intuition things where it's like... You can just tell. Well, it's yeah. a different flavor. Yeah, different texture. yeah, yeah exactly. Like it's I like ha- cocaine. You just yeah, and you just know. <laughs> you know. It's that it's that mouth feel, right? It's the mouth feel. <laughs> like I've got a cat. I've had dogs. I know what their poop is, and I'm a human. I know what human poop is, and it just felt human. <laughs> it felt human. As someone who's a labradoodle and recently watched him put the most giant dump I've ever seen, I don't know if you would have known. <laughs> no, it's not a size thing. If anything, I think this was a baby. But it's just—it's like a scent. It's, it's, it was human, man. And it didn't help that about two months afterwards, I found then human poop just on the floor out in the hallway. Oh, great. That I almost stepped in and then did clean up. And then everyone, I told that on air, and everyone was like, why did you touch it? I'm like, well, I wore gloves. Like, but what, am I just going to leave it? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's not my job. Just yeah. walk over it. <laughs> I, which, you know, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be high and mighty here. I might have done that if I wasn't afraid that I would have just forgotten the next morning and stepped in it on my way to work. Yeah. Oh, the poop is no good. Hans, uh, do you have any update on your packages? I know the people are interested. Uh, yeah, so I, I forgot where I left everyone. But basically, my USPS packages were getting stolen. And I don't mean to bring up USPS because I was receiving them just fine. My building manager even had caught them, seen them, put them at my door. By the time I got home from work, they weren't there. So Mm -hmm. uh, getting stolen from my apartment building. So then I went through all this trouble to get my packages uh, requiring signature. So I was paying extra money. I was like Mm -hmm. contacting the... uh, contacting who I was getting them shipped from and saying like, oh, can you please change the shipping info to get signature required, all this stuff. It was nice, got people to work with me, whatever. So then the first package I get that signature required just gets left at my door. No, And then I, uh, of course, request the PDF to see the signature. It was just a straight line slash through it and they left it at my door. And it was not a cheap package. So I was pretty upset about that. Yeah. So then, uh, at that point, I was like, okay, this is just ridiculous. Uh, Prior to this, I had already gone to USPS, and the reason I was even more upset is I went to USPS to try and figure out what was going on, take care of this, and USPS, the manager at my post office, said, okay, I promise we will just hold all your packages here until you figure things out. We won't even send them out. And I said, okay, that's great. So, not only should I have not even received the package, it was supposed to be signed for and wasn't. And then just left. Again, exactly what I said not to do. So then I was really <laughs> pissed at USPS. So then uh, I went over to the UP- UPS store. That's right here. And apparently they have like little private mailboxes you can buy. You turn code. I turn, yeah. They have little private mailboxes you can buy. And it's basically a, a P.O. box with a street address. Because I wasn't going to go pay the USPS post office more money just because they're fucking up, right? So okay. then UPS... UPS is, uh, granted, more expensive for these private mailboxes, but they they tout their security and all this stuff. 
they're they're all about you know package security and uh, whatever whatever so i've been using that for uh the last couple times got a couple packages been working out great i'm happy with it and i've just decided not even to go complain to usps anymore (laughs) even though now i guarantee they'll start holding my packages of course and then they (laughs) won't go to the thing you're paying for yeah after i've already solved the problem so who knows it's just, uh, that's typical. Who knew? Jeremy, any, any thoughts on UPS, USP? No, no. Actually, I don't think we should allow him to speak. No, no. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Uh, so then, uh, but who knew? Problems could just be solved with money, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How very uh, Lannister of you. <laughs> did you did you actually write them like a check or, or give them a card or something? Or did you say like, a Scherenberger always pays his debt. A <laughs> always pays. No, no. I don't think they'd accept. Unfortunately. Nah, unfortunately, I don't have. I don't have. My name doesn't quite hold that. That uh, renown. It's because you need to get a sweet face scar. Yeah, that's it. I'll do it, <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, uh, just I know I probably should have said this in in the, in the uh, earlier in the show, but with those num with those those uh, high numbers you were posting for this episode, um, mm. very impressive. By the way, I didn't even realize they were that high for this episode. Uh, like $10 million, all stuff. Apparently, the next scene, which you were saying this gets compared to, coming up in the newest season, that, that uh, season eight, yeah, uh, $15 million. Jesus. And, uh, and I think multiple episodes in that season cost just a ridiculous amount of money, yeah. which I can only imagine, right? Well, I think the season budget was more than this season, and there's only six episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I know that they were saying like $15 million an ep, and I know that this next season there's this battle, which is supposedly like the the great battle, right? Yeah. Against the White Walkers and stuff. I guess we don't really know, but um, yeah, it was. they're basically taking all the... I probably purposefully taking all the records that this one broke and then just breaking them with this one. So yeah. they're just doubling down. They on got this. that. Yeah. They got that Marvel complex going on. Yeah. Yeah. They're just they know that down. this is their game to win. Yep. Yep. 